0: And here we are on a Monday and a busy throat. I brought a busy throat with me today. GS Plumbing Talk Line is 1-800-905-0989. The Common Sense Retirement Planning text line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. Cal, I I think I figured out what it is with the left. And uh, and, um, this actually... I don't, I don't even know if it's really this simple, but I think the left wants to be everything to everybody, like California. They've now decided on top of everything that they already do, that they're going to cover the gentle, genital mutilating surgeries for the illegal aliens coming over, who are coming over here simply because they don't feel good in their skin. So what have we got? This is, this is what the California government tells their people. There is no illegal immigration crisis. There may be a crisis, but California taxpayers won't be paying for it. Taxpayers may have to foot the bill for the illegal immigration crisis, but California will do nothing to incentivize the illegal immigration. And after further review, these aliens aren't illegal, but rather undocumented. Health care is a human right, and California must provide undocumented aliens health care. Mutilating the genitals to make them look like the opposite sex is health care. California taxpayers must pay for undocumented aliens' genital surgery. Californians who object to paying for undocumented aliens' genital surgery may be guilty of hate crimes and will be prosecuted. That last one is the most hilarious one. If you dare, object. If If you say something, you'll be arrested. Sounds like Great Britain. So, uh, and, you know, I, I guess the question becomes why would you, I mean, if you're looking to punish somebody, why punish the illegal aliens? Punish the people who live here who don't want to pay for it and then cancel their vote and allow the people who come here illegally to vote illegally. And why should that kind of health care stop with that? Why not label the split level homes with at least uh, one electric vehicle in every garage health care uh, as well? Why shouldn't California taxpayers be on the hook for each new illegal alien's green energy lifestyle? See, once you begin the absurdity sluice and you start sending the absurd timber down the sluice, it never ends. And in California, as they want to do, and you know, as much as as much as the resident can do. Right now, we are in an abusive relationship with our government. And in California, the government never gets tired of slapping American citizens around and telling them that it's for their own good. So the decision to become a mecca for foreign men who want to come and chop off their their naughty bits and hang out in a dress. And in the women's restroom, it's just the latest example of government insanity promoted as progress, which I I guess I look at progress in a different way. And then we've got Alejandro Mayorkas. He continues to claim that there's no crisis of any kind. And if there is a crisis, Congress should just allocate more money for the DHS to quickly bust the invaders into small towns throughout the country. Now, I'm almost with him on that one, except I would only allow them to bust them to the blue cities that are sanctuary cities. And see, here's the problem. Um, It isn't that we got tens of millions of people coming into the country illegally. It's that you are noticing this. And that would disappear if the DHS had the funds to hide the invaders more effectively and send them into counties where illegal votes for illegal aliens will do democrats the most good which i how does that work exactly if you're already Demo- if you're already voting democratic or which is to say communist <laughs> if you're already going the marxist way why would you need to add more people to make sure it stays good and marxist and yet yet while they're out there talking about, well, there's no replacement theory. They, they, this is all about canceling your vote. And that is basically election rigging now, isn't it? Now, Mayorkas' admission that his plan to tackle illegal immigration consists of making it worse but hiding it more effectively. This, you know, this just screams why you cannot trust the government. The government should be shackled to a wall with chains so severely that they feel like they're rotting away in a dark dungeon. It should not be a job that people seek. It should not be a gig that everybody wants to do. And that's why the founders worked so hard to write a constitution that limits the powers of all these you know, miscreants who inevitably end up running things. And after all, as the way the, the way the government is running now, it's nothing more than a collection of unethical people given legal immunity for doing something that would otherwise be thought to be criminal. So, in exchange for a little law and order and prosperity and peace, the people look the other way while the bureaucrats steal their property, allow taxes, intimidate them with threats of force, allow the FBI, Gestapo, and occasionally sacrifice their children for the greater good, which would be a war. And as soon as they are celebrating something wonderful instead of something that should always be dreaded, these same bureaucrats break free from their dungeons and anoint themselves as kings. And then they come up with new elaborate schemes to pillage and plunder and endanger you without any remorse at all. No tax is too high. No mandate or fiat is too grotesque. No life is too precious. In the Mayorkas world, bureaucrats bark orders, citizens comply, and the government tells them which may own, and armed IRS agents confiscate the rest. That's the Mayorkas world. And we're the freest nation on earth, even with all of that. That, that tells you how bad... The, this is why the rest of the world comes and tries to break in. Right? This is why. In North Korea, which is communist, I mean, there's communists as you can get. People wake up, They woke up today trying to find breakfast. When they got breakfast, as soon as they ate breakfast, they were wondering if they were going to eat for lunch. So they went looking for lunch. And later on today, they'll be looking for dinner. And if they go to bed and they're not starving, they will consider this a good day. That's the workers' paradise. Tyrants here use the same two-pronged approach that all totalitarian, totalitarian regimes do. They lie about everything and they intentionally inflict emotional harm on the citizens. So everything that people like Mallorca shoves down your throat, all part of a psychological operation meant to confuse you and, and, you know, demoralize you and meant to indoctrinate the younger generation to accept the absolute absurdity and woke ideology and ne- and and adopt a you know a big policy of never questioning and that's why popular actors and musicians and athletes must all believe the same thing or they would be summarily canceled as well and who wants to be canceled <laughs> in an essay for the brownstone institute jeffrey tucker describes his experience as a train sta- at a train station where prominent warning signs still command travelers to obey COVID's strict social distancing requirement, which we now know was never based on anything. And, you know, he he said that the edicts to which no one complies serve a certain purpose. They are a visual reminder of who is in charge, what those people believe, and the presence of a sword of Damocles hanging over the whole population. At any point, anyone can be snatched away from normal life, made a criminal and be forced to pay a price. So, This is the world of the Marxist, what you see happening right now in California, where they're out there. And if you say anything bad about, you know, the transgender, the new transgender, you're going to pay for it scheme, you might get in trouble. It was, you know, this is all, this is all about keeping people down, demoralizing them. Or in some cases, you know, according to United Van Lines, they just move out. Pretty soon they'll be hollowed out. I guess then they'll they'll be in charge of nothing. That'll be interesting. When we get back, we're gonna go uh, a la Jeff Foxworthy. You might be a Democrat if this is News Talk ninety eight nine W O R D. all right i have some uh a little thought exercise for you to uh to flex on gs plumbing talk line is one 800 the common sense retirement planning text line is 71307 if you have any of these to add to it your f- feel free to text it to me now if you're fine with showing your id when you enter the costco but you believe it's beyond the pale to be asked to provide an id when you're voting for the president of the united states you just might be a democrat If you like the phrase, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, but you think the chant of USA, USA is trite, offensive, and maybe even violent, you just might be a Democrat. If you strongly support continual increases in the minimum minimum wage, but you're baffled and upset by increasing prices in goods and services, well you just might be a democrat if you dance a little jig of happiness when you hear that mask mandates may be coming back <laughs> you just might be a democrat if you don't want a border secured because you're afraid you won't be able to find a reasonably priced gardener or pool boy you just might be a democrat if you think the obamas are beatific near deities who tried their best to heal and unite the nation but the trump is hitler or the antichrist well you just might be a Democrat. If you get your news from The View, MSNBC, and Salon, well, you definitely are a Democrat. If you think NPR is utterly fair and balanced, but Fox News is not, you just might be a Democrat. If you look at Hunter Biden's paintings and you see a talented artist, you might be a Democrat. And if you buy one, you're going to become a Democrat donor. If you're glad that Oregon decriminalized possession of hard drugs and uh, that federal, state, and local governments had greatly cracked down on cigarette smoking. You just might be a Democrat. Let's uh, go to the phones. Uh, let's go to Scott in Greenville. Yes, sir. What can I do for you?
1: Good morning, Bill. Uh, no, it's not 2A Tuesday, but I'm not sure where I'll be at 10 o'clock tomorrow. So well, that's fine. Let's like try to slip this sure. in if possible. Yeah. Uh, so what was, like a week and a half ago, the, the Ninth Circuit uh, uh Court of Appeals out in California ruled that California's ban on carrying guns in most public places is uh, unconstitutional. And now this morning I read that a federal judge in Florida has ruled that the blanket that the blanket ban on guns in post offices is unconstitutional. Right. I want to know how if that's come across your radar yet and then possibly talk about, you know, how you think that some of these rulings might be might affect us CWP holders here in South Carolina.
0: Well, uh, you know, I do a syndicated show called Lock and Load, which is all about the, the, the Second Amendment. So, yeah, it has crossed. I, I've talked with the various experts and the guys that brought suits and everything about it. And um, how how would it, like with California, that rule is, what, what happened in California is primarily due to California with their Bruin response. Uh, laws that they came out with after the Bruin decision, which we never had any Bruin response laws happen in South Carolina. As far as with uh, with 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 what happened with the post offices, while that has been a ruling, that doesn't mean you know did he bopping into a a post office with a gun just yet? Not. Just yet. But as far as here in South Carolina, the biggest thing that uh, you know uh, is permitless carry in South Carolina, which they're still. They were considering it last year. They tabled it. It's still up for grabs right now. Um, the You know, there's 27, 28 states that have it already. If they, ha- if they can't see in South Carolina, the problem with South Carolina is, is very simple. We exist in an opaque bubble, or at least our lawmakers do, and they can't look out and see the other states that already have it and figure out for themselves that it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change anything. I have a CWP. I will continue to have a CWP if they bring permitless carry. As far as a, uh, as far as uh, how it affects any of us around here, these two rulings, doesn't affect us at all,
1: not even a little bit. Well, I mean,
0: that's the thing about concealed well, carry, there, Scott. That means concealed.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I agree with you. I'm a, a former CWP instructor, retired now, mostly because I moved to Greenville. I didn't have access to a range, so I just hung up my uh, my teaching. Right. Um, n- not a huge fan of permitless carry. And I know that's a you know different opinion than, than you have. Um, but um, yeah, so it, yeah, the, probably about the only thing that could possibly affect Greenville might be this blanket ban they have against open carry, like when they have the events downtown in Greenville, right. which again, I'm not a big fan of open carry either. You know, why give up your tactical advantage? But uh, again, just, just kind of curious to see, you know, what your thoughts were on how it might Well, might,
0: I mean, permitless carry means that we don't have to ask the state's re- uh, permission to carry a gun. That's all it means. It, it and uh, well, you know that we, st- we we shouldn't shouldn't have to ask it. Now, if we're going to carry a gun concealed. Yes. I get that because now we're asking to do something that is sort of clandestine, right? And uh, to that degree, the, having the, you know, it's it's sort of a boon in South Carolina to have a concealed carry permit because when you have one of those, what do you not have to go through when you buy a gun? Scott, tell everybody what you don't have. That's to go right. Through. What do you what what what, back, what do you get the to The background check again? You don't have to go through the background check because you've been vetted. So, uh, the CWP I will always keep one. If, if we got permitless carry and I can walk around carrying it all around my neck like a big flavor flavor clock, I'm still going to have a CWP. And that's just because I intend to travel beyond the borders of South Carolina.
1: That is another uh, great advantage. Yeah, it
0: is. It is. Got to have that if you're going to go beyond the state. The permitless carry only works if you're a South Carolina resident, only works in the state. If you try to practice that without a permit and go into, say, Georgia or wherever else, it's really going to depend on who... Stops you, who catches you, and how their prosecutor feels about that kind of thing as to what might happen to you. But now you might be in jeopardy, so get the permit. Go where you have reciprocity. That's the thing. But you know, it's a it's it's quite the patchwork of stuff. And I mean, you you were an instructor. You know how what what it's it's sort of a bunch of trip lines all over the place, right?
1: Well, well, it is. And and just you know, since I have this opportunity, I'll just say that you know my biggest objection. Uh, to permitless carry is I, is I sat through the classes. I heard what the students said, um, and you know it just some. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm out in public, and somebody who's not had a minute of training in class uh, is carrying permitless, and they see something that they feel like is justification to draw and fire. And they've never heard about uh, the four safety rules, um, over penetration, know your target, what lies beyond it. I don't want to be their potential backstop when they decide today's the well, day that they're justified to draw a pull.
0: You know, uh, as far the permit, the permit process is a class, right? Training is mm-hmm. going out there and shooting fifteen hundred rounds on a weekend and going being put through a bunch of scenarios to me. Getting out there mm-hmm, in the fifty sure. round the fifty round qualification where you're shooting at a target about looks about the size of a small Volkswagen, you're trying to keep it all in the black. Okay, that means you're not mm-hmm. not going to shoot yourself in the foot. So I don't look at that it, that that's an educational process that tries to explain all the trip trip wires that are out there, but it's not training. So there's a
1: lot of a lot of my students uh, failed to hit even the paper that that um, Volkswagen was was on at. 10, 12 yards. That, and they
0: need more training. Then. They need more practice at that point, Scott. They do. <laughs> <laughs> that's bad. I mean, that's bad. I, I've i seen people pass out on the line and still hit the black. So, anyway. Anyway, yeah. thank well, you for thank the you. call. And uh, listen, uh, you know, by all means, come back on 2A Tuesday if you get half a chance. All right, we will do. Thank you. Yes, sir. On the text line, of being asked if you – If your CWP expires, what do you do to get it back? I don't know. I will look into that right now, right this minute. Um, Yeah. When we get back, uh, we're going to talk about uh, something that died due to climate change. But it's not what you think. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD. Somebody was just test, texting me why the mic wasn't muted in the stream, and that's because I forgot to mute it. G.S. Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 905 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Streaming live on the WORD Facebook page. I, I found this interesting simply because of one of the some of the conjecture that goes with this. But back in the 1930s, Some paleontologists discovered the fossilized remains of the largest ape known to have ever walked the earth. The thing stood as much as 10 feet tall, and it weighed a quarter of a ton. And this, they dubbed this creature Gigantopithecus. And here's the rub. It was only known or believed to have lived in southern China. We'll get to that believed part in just a second and it's believed to have gone extinct between 200,000 and 300,000 years ago. And that may seem like a rather odd story, right? And, uh, but it was back in the news because a group of scientists have concluded that the monster ape was driven to extinction by climate change. (laughs) Except uh, Gigantopithecus, uh, he, he existed before we had Ikea he existed before we had cars. He existed before we had brains, for the most part. We, I think we'd already discovered fire. I'm not sure. And we get this from uh, the AP. An uh, ancient species of great ape was likely driven to extinction when climate change put their favorite fruits out of reach during dry seasons. This particular uh, uh, species, the Gigantopithecus blackie, was once believed to have lived in southern China represents the largest great ape known to scientists. But its size may have also been a a weakness because it was just too big for a tree to support its weight if it climbed it. So the mechanics of this extinction event come down to them being a victim of their own evolutionary success. If you presume that the scientists are correct and evolved to become so large it was unable to climb trees or explore alternate food sources during lean times. But they believe that its food supplies were wiped out by climate change, and how that—how did that happen? Well, because climates—the climate of the Earth has changed throughout history. We've had multiple, you know, multiple icy periods, uh, you know, five ice ages where the world—and where the world froze over almost entirely—and then as it does inevitably when it warms up again. It was noticeably warmer, warmer on average then than it is today. And this was all happening while there was no polluting, oil-drilling humans around to mess up the place. So, speaking of this, how did they look into these types of changes when the Gigantopithecus went extinct? And if you look at the graphic timeline on glacial and interglacial periods, you notice something that might have been a factor. They think that this uh, giant ape went extinct about 200,000 years ago. And it's just a coincidence, but that period falls right at the end of one of the interglacial warming periods. And right after that, the temperatures plunged and it didn't rise again for the next 500,000 years. So, the thing I find most interesting about this is that um, a lot of people think that sasquatch or bigfoot or the yeti is a descendant of gigantopithecus right and the thing is is that uh, supposedly it crossed the land bridge between you know the Bering straits between uh russia and 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 alaska and came down into north north america and That would be something that I would think that an animal looking for food might do. Now, since I slept through all of my paleontology classes and I have no real fact pattern in front of me to sit here and say, this is probably what happened. um, At the same time, this sort of raises more questions to me. If they're out there and they're talking about uh, ice ages and everything, uh, during this time, during this period, my question then becomes, what was it like in North America during this time when uh, they were having an ice age in China? Which I might look into that, I might not. I just found that sort of interesting because uh, they're categorically stating that this animal went extinct then. And they only have jaw bones. They only have a jawbone of this animal. They don't have a forearm bone, a leg bone, a spinal column. They don't have anything. They might have a sections of spine, but not a spinal column. So they're out there and they're making a uh, they're making a uh, a a educated guess as to its size. And then now now the next question becomes, Okay, Bill <laughs> Here here comes the next question. So if they found a jawbone of gigantopithecus here in china how come they've never found a jawbone of bigfoot here in the united states well they've only found a handful of jawbones there's not a lot of jawbones out there from gigantopithecus as a matter of fact uh obviously a very shy animal because there's just not a lot of remains left of this particular species out there so if that is the case, though, that brings the whole migratory thing back to... And since then, right, since then we have seen sightings of these types of animals. All, And I'm not trying to go all, you know, coast-to-coast AM on you here, but what I'm trying to say is that anecdotally we see this animal all over the place and we even have reports where they are bigger in various regions where the food is most plentiful. That interests me. That piques my interest to think about that. So did, Gi- did Gigantopithecus go extinct or did he go on walkabout? In any event, he had to go because of the changing climate in the day. So that, sh- that proves, one, that climate change has always happened in the United States And it doesn't prove or disprove the idea that Bigfoot might be gigantopithecus. But I just found it interesting that they're looking at that now and they're going, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get it. I understand. Climate change. Yeah. In any event, just something that interested me. And I thought you might find as much interest in that as well. Uh, we got El Nino is is inbound, so if you've got an electric vehicle, you need to get an electric blanket to wrap around it because things are gonna get bad. We'll talk about that in just a second when we get back. This is News Talk 989 W O R D. All right. El Nino. Weather has a, an effect on electric vehicles. Not a good one. GS Plumbing Talk Line is one 800 The Common Sense Retirement Planning Text Line is 71307. Uh, I've never driven a Tesla, but I've heard it is a lovely car to drive because it accelerates really fast. It handles really well, and it has all the cool gadgets you could possibly want. And in the same world, this would be a luxury item. It would be a fun item. And as competition drives the price down, then, like all technology, then you and I would be able to afford to buy one. When was it? Do you remember when the first big screen TVs came out? How many thousands of dollars they cost then? And now you can go on a, you know, during during Christmas time and go to Walmart or Best Buy and buy a 50-inch TV for probably three, $400. So, competition and adoption drives the price down. But that's only in the same world. And we live in the same world where the governments are forcing us to buy the electric vehicle to save the climate. But here's the problem with the electric vehicle. First of all, the batteries are all made with child slave labor. Item number one is a big one. The mining of the materials for the batteries is one of the most violent environmental acts around. It is a rape of the planet. The batteries when they die are often too expensive to replace and that kills the car. I've seen video of guys that blow these car literally blow them up, detonate them because they can't afford to replace the battery. When the batteries catch fire, that's it. There's not going to be I wonder what percentage of total of totaling they're going to put on this car. It's gone. If you think an ordinary batter- battery is terrible for a landfill, the EV batteries are worse. And the electricity for the electric vehicle comes from somewhere, which is normally not from renewables. Repair costs are incredibly high, and that drives up the overall cost of car insurance for everyone as EVs flood the roads and insurance companies have to adjust to deal with these costs. And more importantly, an electric vehicle is generally less reliable than a traditional gas-powered car then there's a charging issue. It's great if you're not driving very far from home. I could see this as a city car or something just to get around and everything. And, you know, that would that would mean something that would that would count for something, right? That would mean something. But when I'm low, when when I'm driving around right now, and I'm low on gas in my Ford F-150 internal combustion engine car, I am very confident I'm going to see a gas station somewhere. I might not like the price per gallon of gas. But I'm going to be able to get gas. It's going to take me 10 minutes max to fill up my tank. And I am on my way again. So somebody decided to take a Tesla from San Francisco to East Tennessee. (laughs) Or they they decided to figure this out. And it turned out the Tesla would add 40 hours to the drive time, which was a combination of finding Tesla chargers along the way and then waiting on those Tesla chargers while the tank fills up because charging is a very slow process. And it's especially slow when it's cold. And your battery drains more quickly. It kills efficiency by as much as 41% when the temperatures drop below 40. But your battery also recharges more slowly. And the problem is exacerbated if you're in a place where you need to use your car as shelter and warmth from the cold during the slow charging process. Now, if the electric vehicle was just another vehicle in the competitive marketplace, no big deal. If you know if Tesla exists and you want to buy a Tesla, buy it. The marketplace would force them to become better, or they drop out entirely except for a small band of enthusiasts. And the reason they deserve to be exposed, denigrated and ridiculed is that our government hasn't just put its thumb on the scale in favor of the EV. Instead, they put the jack boot on your neck on the scale in favor of a car that's inefficient, dirty, environmentally corrupt, and dangerous for drivers. I've said this, and I'm going to keep saying this. One day, they're going to figure out the battery issue. Or the power issue. Let's let's put it that way. Maybe it's not going to be a battery, but it's going to be about power somehow or another. I've seen certain people suggest, why don't they put a, uh, an alternator in the car to recharge the batteries as it goes? I, I know that some of them um, use the brake pressure to recharge the battery. I don't know. I, I'm not an engineer. I don't there's not that many moving parts on a car for an alternator to be spinning because the alternator has to be spun by a belt of some sort. So something else has to be spinning because the alternator serves no other purpose other than recharging the battery. So in that event, you know as, as you sit back and consider all of these things, uh, I, it just, I, I find it interesting that, uh, we don't hear more about this and it's because of the media It's because of the media, the media is never going to change the narrative. They're definitely in on the narrative. They have the narrative and, uh, they're all in on it except they probably have an internal combustion engine car in the garage, right? You know, and, and when you go in their house, they have a gas stove and a gas water heater, and all the things they don't want you to have because, well, we gotta save Gaia. Except Gaia does just fine. Gaia is quite a robust entity. And in the end, and I don't know when this is gonna happen, but you know, there's gonna be another comet or another another uh another uh, asteroid or something that hits us and it's not gonna matter anyway. It won't be because we killed Gaia. It won't be because we killed Gaia, and when that happens, when that other thing that I just said happens, happens, that's actually going to be natural. That's the way of the universe. When we get back, there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of people getting together, a little with a little brain trust, getting out there, trying to figure out how they want to make sure that if Trump becomes president again, which beginning to look sort of likely, um, how do we? Get it to where the military doesn't listen to him. Yes, I too am squinting. This is News Talk 98.9 WORD, the voice of the Carolinas.